We're back, people. Amateur Hour has returned. Wow! Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome! Back to another episode. Action, action of Amateur Hour. It's episode 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, for, with, for the record, we will be keeping a tracker of how many times we say nice. We're at two so far. All right. We got to do it 69 times this week. Welcome back, everybody. Shrey, it's been two weeks. I am thrilled to be back here. I, I mean, words can't describe the joy. And legitimately, legitimately, I missed the podcast. Oh, no, man. It's so nice to be back um, just in in the recording space. Back in the Near studio, back in the lab. Yeah, back, back in the booth, cooking up, cooking up some hot takes. We're going to cook up some hot takes today. That is for sure. Yeah, Shrey, it's great. And you know, actually, and everybody listening, so uh, the reason we took two weeks off is because I was in between uh, the jobs officially. I went home, took some time off, recharged the batteries, got to see the family, got to see Shreyas himself. Yes, sir. We got to hoop. And you know what? Let me tell you, I forgot. Uh, how deadly Shreyas' three-pointer was. I think he shot <laughs> nearly 50% on the day, and he made – Shrey, you made across, I think it was like seven or eight games of – We played a lot of games three. that day. That was good because it was like a full session of three-on-three, uh, four-on-four mix. It was, a, it was a full day. You made at least 30, 35 threes, at least. It's, dude, it was so good to play with you because you are the best roller in the business. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. When we actually got on the same team, you know, the first couple of games, it was I was honestly like about it. it was like Shrey was going off on one side. I was going off on the next one. <laughs> you know, it was back and forth. The games were close. It like literally is like you took some. I took some. It was it was just great basketball. All of Shrey's friends and everybody that we played with. Super nice. You know, just good comp. Good times. So you yeah. can't get better than that. Hell yeah. And, uh, Dude, your range, too. You you're, you've been hitting the three, too. You were hitting the three. Trying. Try. It's yeah, I know. I gotta sh- I gotta shoot him in game more, but you know, it's it's a confidence thing. Yeah. No, but it, it was great. So got to uh take some time off, but now we're back. And there was a lot of sports. Frankly, there was a lot of stuff that happened while oh, we were so off. much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I picked like the worst two weeks to go home. I was like I was like every ten seconds I was texting Max, I was like, Oh, did you just uh, hear did this? You see this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, seriously. Yeah. And it's like, Shrey, how many? We've had a couple weeks, not a lot, but a couple weeks where there's not a lot happening. Not mm. this, not not this time. These two oh, weeks, no way, full, full of stuff. So yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna start breaking that down. I mean, we're we had get, to, we we had to, we had to culminate everything for episode sixty nine. It's just this feels like a big episode. We need to get all the biggest stories into nice. One, so. Yeah, very. That's great. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. That's four up uh, five. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to send periodic updates in our chat room here. <laughs> All right, everybody. So we're going to dive right into this episode. Th- thank you again for being here. Sports content galore up ahead. Uh, we're going to dive right in with our weekly highs. We're going to do it a little bit differently this week. We're going to save the sports content for it. We're just going to do two personal ones and we're going to dive in right now. The weekly highs. 
So for my personal high, it's basically what I said in the intro. It's I got to go home for two weeks. Uh, I came back. I moved into a new house in Arizona. Um, it's in a beautiful neighborhood. It's a beautiful house. Couldn't be more excited. Uh, starting a new job, hopefully this week. Ooh. And yeah, so things things are good. You know, it's one of the ebbs and flows of life, and I'm definitely on one of the the high swings. But very grateful for it. And uh, yeah, th- that's just just feeling good. Yeah, we love a good ebb. <laughs> the ebbs and flows of life. I'm all about those ebbs. <laughs> Sorry, what about you? What's what's been good? Man. Max, we're we're in the the dead heat of summer at this point. Uh yeah. or, you know, we're getting there. And you know, I just you know, I had to go to DQ, man. Mm. I had to, you know, I had to try out the summer flavors. That's the one good thing about the summer is uh, DQ comes out with the fire blizzard flavors. And, oh, yeah. And uh, I went and, you know, it's, ugh, man, it's just, it's just, there's something different. Like, you can eat ice cream at any time, Max. Like, you can mm-hmm. eat it in the winter when your, you know, house is heated up. You yeah. can in the fall or the spring. And so the ice cream's ice cream, right? But something about ice cream outside on a, on a hot day when you kind of really need it and you're like kind of craving a sweet tooth is, yeah, is just exceptional. And it's something it's nice. that I always look forward to. It's kind of like the shamrock shake of, you know what I mean, of its time. This is like you, you kind of look forward to it. It comes around and it's it's a it's a frankly it's a world changing experience. It's a world changing mm. event. Yeah, because straight it's like you're outside. You got that natural sweat going on from the heat, and then yeah, like you said, you just actually do you bite or do you lick your ice cream? Uh doesn't it depend on what it's what's in it? I guess it depends. If it if it's soft serve, you're always licking. But if it's if yeah, it's I'm hard, not biting. Bite. <laughs> I might I might bite my tongue if I bite down on a soft serve by accident. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, if it, if it's like uh, if there's like because my one of my favorites in terms of a blizzard is any is the cheesecake, like the cheesecake pieces. Yeah. When I go to DQ, um. And so I love biting down on some cheesecake pieces or Oreo, oh. um, any anything of that nature. I wanted to ask you, Max. Uh, okay. You know, we're getting to that time. We're in summer. Well, what do you like to uh, cool down with? What's your favorite like summer treat? What do you? Oh, uh, in terms of like food? Yeah, like any anything anything that you feel is summer related that you feel like. Oh, this is like what I what exemplifies summer to me. This is what I want once it gets mm. really hot or once we're in the middle of June, July. Mm. Okay. I guess this is this is now that I am over the age of 21, the legal drinking age. I got to mm. say what's been really just hitting the spot recently is like a just a, a ice cold Modelo or like a Corona, so just like a lighter mm. beer cerveza with a fresh lime just put right in it and yeah. you just sit outside and you just sip it. You just sip it lightly. And just the way the beer sweats, the way it's so refreshing at the same time, that is that has been my go-to. Like are, a, you a, are you a are you uh go out and cut get a lime, cut it for the occasion type person? Or because oh, yeah. I know some uh some people are like nah, I don't know about the limes, but uh Well, okay, so it happens that this new house has a lime tree in the backyard. So what? I don't have to go very far. Yeah. It has a lime tree in the backyard. A lime tree. So I picked a lime the other day and I put it right into my Modelo. Are they? Are they like good? Is it like good quality? Delicious. Like homegrown? Delicious. Wow. I, 
It doesn't get any better than being in your backyard. Yeah, that's exceptional. You might have to start a start a lime business. <laughs> for, hey, for for cervezas only. <laughs> what are you gonna put that in a Bud Light? Yeah, no, can't sell it to you. <laughs> in a pack. In a past. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we're not blue ribbon. Uh, we're not blue ribbon authorized retailers here. So <laughs> get out. <laughs> All right, Shay, what about you? What's your what's your go-to? Is it the ice cream? It's yeah, it's either ice cream. Um oh, you know what I like is like creamsicles. You got my mouth watering over here. Well, let's <laughs> talk into let, let's just dive into some refreshing sports content here. Shay, yeah, it's been it. too long. It's been too long. Now, huge moves have been made. We had the NBA draft. We had free agent signings. We have had trades, blockbuster trades already, and it is what the second week of July. I mean, uh, well, yeah, yeah, second, third. Yeah, I, I, I just, it's incredible what has been happening. So the first thing that we should, I, I feel as though it's necessary to dive into is the NBA draft. I mean, well, that, I, that's, it's, it's important. We got a lot of uh, pretty memorable names, such as Echet Hermgren. He's not French, but feels like <laughs> it might be. Uh <laughs> Chet Holmgren, Paolo Benchero, Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, Benedict, 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 how do you say his last name? Uh, Maturin. Maturin. Yeah. Shaden yeah. Sharp. Uh, Shrey, where do, where do you want to start? You want to start at number one? Yeah, let's start, let's start with uh, Banchero. Um, kind of an interesting pick, but I, I don't uh, disagree with it. Like, just in terms of the NBA frame at mm-hmm. his position, right? He's going to probably play power forward. He's what? 6'10", 245, 250. He's big. Yeah. He doesn't like, it feels like he, so he plays more finesse, but he can really hit you with power and he's really explosive. Um, And I think he's going to be a really, really good player for the magic. I know that they're not going to be great again. They're probably going to be, you know, vying for another top five pick next year, but, in a couple of years' time, like I wouldn't be surprised if one of the reasons why they're climbing into the seven eight seed in the East again is because of this kid. Like that's hmm. how. You like, think he's a, gonna? Be, you think he's the secret? You think he's the X factor for the Orlando Magic? I think I think he's gonna have to be, and I think he can be. I think just based on what you want from, like he can co- he can go out, step out, and shoot the three. Like he's shown okay. that in these couple. Uh, summer league games and then he did that all through college he was able to to hit the mid-range and he can he can posterize you he can really get up to the rack too oh he can yeah yeah well straight you know here's the thing he comes from duke it feels like every year we just see polished duke products get turned out and i don't Mm -hmm. know if that's a product of them just recruiting the best players or a testament to you know the teachings of coach k the entire duke staff but I don't think we're going to stop seeing. It's just such a refined program, and it really does crank out some of the best, and you can see it firsthand right here. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if he's going to make um, the difference this season, like you said, but it's going to be fun to watch him play. He's going to be kind of those one guys where young guys where you're going to, you know, have your eye on him and um, kind of see how he does. But, you know, who knows? It's the NBA. We've seen some of the worst teams get into the playoffs at the end of the year, you know? Yeah. So he's definitely going to be. He's definitely it's I don't think he's uh, I, I don't think the team is going to do well this year, but I think he's going to be in the rookie of the year conversation for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting it just because of how much uh, 
usage he'll probably get on that team. It's probably going to be his team from the get-go. You know what I mean? Like last year, who was really taking the reins for Orlando? It was Cole Anthony for a little bit. And then once uh, Jalen Suggs came back, Cole Anthony kind of went back. He didn't, he didn't really, you know, take, take the reins for the whole year. And I don't know if he's that type of player to be as consistent throughout the whole year um, with his, Mm -hmm. with his impact. I think this is a kid that considering how much they need out of a player, he's probably going to get his chance to make a fair share to make mistakes. And he's going to get, he's going to, he's going to get basically the, um, the Jalen green treatment from last year where he's just going to get full reins, 30, 30 to 35 minutes off the jump. Yeah. He could, he could go three for 18. He's coming back and he's going to keep shooting. Like he's going to get that type of treatment. And um, right. He's going to be up there in the the rookie of the year race because of it. Well, another person that we may consider for rookie of the year, uh, mm-hmm. and at least he thinks so in his own mind, is Chet Holmgren, <laughs> uh, who was drafted second overall to OKC. Now, yeah. uh, one thing that you know, it always kind of rubs me the wrong way when they get the weird egos. But one thing in a video, they're like, "Who is your favorite NBA player? Or who do you think the best NBA player in the league is right now?" And he's like, "Me in six months." Whatever. He came in. He's actually doing pretty well in the summer league. Uh, He's definitely gotten bodied and he's getting exposed for his very, very thin frame a few times just in terms of physical play. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you can see that he's got, you know, some of the skills to pay the bills. He's using his height. He's using a little bit more finesse. And uh, it seems like he's meshing decently well with the OKC's young core and Josh Giddy um, and all those other guys. You know, they gave uh, OKC gave Lou Dort the bag this offseason. So massive bag for Lou Dort. They, and I didn't expect it, but from how they talked about him as a part of their core, I was like, wow, like that's a I didn't expect them to. I just expected them to be like, oh, we want Lou Dort. Like he's the part of our no, team. Straight years of rebuilding. And they settled. They're like Lou Dort. This is our he's a guy. Good, he, uh, he's a good player. Like, I'd want Lou Dort on my team. Do I want him? No, for sure. Do but I Sam want him Presti. at $87.5 yeah, million? I don't. Well, no, sure. I don't no, know. No, I want I, him. My, he's such a, he'd be such a good bench asset for a winning team. But yes, they give him the I back because they're a bad team, right? So they need to keep their talent. It's just kind of the way it goes. You got to retain his. You got to, you got to, if you can't, can't bring him over there, you got to pay someone out the nose to keep him. So. Hey, OKC Thunder fans seem fine with it, at least those that I've talked to. So if you feel differently, and yeah, and now you got Chet. Uh, would Again, another person to watch. Love to see how he's going to develop, and uh, we'll see. I think he's going to have the issue where when he starts to play a little bit more physically, especially with those centers and the Giannis types and the, yeah. you know, the the big men, the JoJo's and the Jokic's, and then if he's matching up against other power forwards like, you know, Robert Williams, Al Horford, um, Christian Wood, even Porzingis, you know, these guys who are a little bit more built, I think are going to give him a hard time. But again, remains to be seen. Yeah, I think offensively, you're going to see him really make a lot of plays for his teammates. I think he's going to be a big factor for why OKC is going to be a better offensive team than they were last year. And <laughs> it's because of his ability. It's It's because of his ability to not only hit the three at his height, his frame, he can he can he can pull up hit the three, but he also has really good vision for a big man, and um, his ability to rebound too. Like he even on an off day, he'll get you ten boards. So he's gonna clean the glass, and I feel like that that's a 
to keep second chance opportunities away from these guys uh, is huge. So the only thing is defensively, he's going to, he's going to really feel it this year. I think one thing that he was able to, uh, why he was able to dominate is because his length um, in college meant more than it will coming into the league, right? Like there's a lot of stocky, shorter guys that know how to use their bodies and know how to play in the paint, just understand how to get to their spots that, versus that being in college where those those guys aren't really polished with the those their interior games yet right so he's able to take advantage of them because he understands he's really good at using his length but if you saw the game against the summer league game against memphis and um kenny lofton jr was just kind of big boy yeah was a big boy and he was just kind of pushing him down and then once he gets below the rim he can't use that length anymore, right? Once he gets right below the rim, right near the backboard, he can't really step out because he, the backboard is kind of doing the the defense. He's defending him, really. So right, you can easy. you can use as a smart player. You can use either side, figure out where to go. Yeah, no, right. So but, he just pu- pushes him to the baseline, and then now you're able to now you're able to get an easy layup. And I feel like people are going to try to use that more. Um, he's going to have to find creative ways and his teammates are going to have to find creative ways to help him. And, you know, maybe he's got to pull the chair out of a couple people here and there to, to try to make some plays too. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he'll figure it out. So yeah. number three in the NBA draft going to the uh, Houston Rockets is Jabari Smith. Mm. Uh, Jabari Smith is out of Auburn forward, 6'10", 220. Shari, what do you think? I think, I think he's going to, um, now that Christian Wood, and we're going to talk about him a little more, uh, now right. that he's out of the picture, uh, they're really the youth movement um, with Shangun and now Smith um, is going to take is going to take shape. Smith Smith is another one of those guys. He's people are really putting a lot of hype on him, and they they were putting a lot of hype on him before the draft that um, he's going to be like this KD esque kind of uh player right that's how he kind of models his game afterward Um, he can shoot he can shoot shoot. he's 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 pretty he's he has a good frame he's not like lanky um but his ability to to shoot and to get to his spots and he's really athletic too uh defensively that's what's going to make him an important part now that wood's out of the picture uh it's really i think Smith is going to be a good player for the future. I don't know how good he's going to be immediately. I think it's more about um, Shingun, to be honest, uh, in this team. But okay. he's going to be a good player. I, I I would expect him to make a really good year one to year two jump. Um, right. But he's he might have a lot of growing pains being on a really young team. Some people had him going uh, in as the second pick. So no people no he was the he was almost like consensus number one before yeah. like almost a half hour before the draft started and that's when yeah. Woj was tweeting no I think the Magic are looking at Paolo Banchero. Uh, really. I think I think Banchero is a good fit for the Magic though. I mean they have they have yeah. a really young core. Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot of guys that they've drafted and traded for. You know Franz Wagner, R.J. Hampton, uh, Markel is set to come back right. Markel is back. Yeah, he he, he came back, back, but he he'll probably ramp up his minutes a little more going to you too. Exactly. Now you got Benchero. I mean, that's 
those are a lot of young names that people are starting to recognize. So right. I think for the Magic, I think that was a good choice. Um, and yeah, no, hey, for the Rockets, yeah, if you're getting a top three lottery pick, you really can't go wrong. And yeah, uh, yeah I, having having kind of a, a uh, would you call him a stretch? Yeah, he can stretch. Yeah, he can. But stretch. I'm saying he, like specifically, like he, I know he shoots oh, well, really well. Is that his primary game? Yeah, yeah, he he really he's really okay. good at shooting the three. Um, okay, and and okay. that and that long and that jumper, but he's athletic, dude. He can he's he like one one good thing about these top three picks is they're they're super versatile, right? Like there's no like obviously there's flaws yeah. to the game in them being young, but there's no like oh I ha- I can I can only play them in this one way. Like he's not just a a shooter. Uh, same with Holmgren. He's he's not just a an interior player or a, or a transition player. Um, and same with Banchero. Like Banchero can do everything. He can play at all three levels. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, cause just how young that that Rockets team is turning out, right? So you have Porter Jr., Green, um, Smith, Shingoon. Is this a four four out of your uh, now five Dennis starting? Schroeder goat goat. <laughs> <laughs> four, out of, no, but four to five starters are, four or five um, starters are are like that 22 and younger age yeah so there's gonna be a lot of growing pains of you know what's my role when am i getting uh like how do i fit within this team it's gonna be almost a, like almost aau-esque because of how young that that team is and so I wouldn't be surprised if Smith had a really rocky start like Jalen Green did when he's trying to figure out how to play with players that are basically his age and there's no one to kind of calm him down other than the coach. John and then Wall, he can had... you uh, come back? Because we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't have like a mentorship figure anymore too now. But right. second half, like Jalen Green played really well. Like he was... He was he he had a couple forty point games there. He is, he felt more comfortable playing his game, you know, shooting the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if the new Rockets, as they come, just have better second half, just because they're talented enough to to get over that hump. It's just it's just a lot right when you get in. Um, so look for him to have a better second half, and then a, a jump into year two probably. Yeah, uh, number four, the Kings drafted Keegan Murray out of yeah. Iowa. Um, people thought it was I, a shocker. People, people were kind of surprised. They were, uh, they were expecting Jaden Ivy, who went fifth, mm-hmm. to be the consensus yep. number four overall pick. Um, but I like this pick. That's not. I mean, it's not. It's not to say I like the Kings. Not for not for him because he's going to the Kings. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> the Kings to, to try to do something. But uh, yeah. it would have been so Kings esque to get another guard in that mix after trading out probably your best guard, right? So you trade out your best guard because you feel like you have a lot of guards and then you next year you pick a guard. Like that would be so, that would have been so Kings. It have been so Kings, but yeah, this kid, this kid, is, this kid is nice. This kid is nice. He had a really big jump uh, going into, I think uh, he was a junior his last year. So whatever, I think he was either junior or last year. I think it was a junior, but into sophomore into junior year, he had a massive jump. I think it was like over 16, 17 points in terms of his average. 
Like he's like he was a twenty three point per game scorer uh, his last year. You know he's he's a good rebounder. So he yeah. given the given the minutes he played really well. And now looking at him kind of in the summer league, he feels really comfortable uh, playing with you know other draft prospects and uh, people that are vying for NBA positions that are people that have players that have played a year and have come back to play in summer league. He's 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 really uh, uh, off to a good groove to start. Um, and they need a guy kind of that can do what he does. Like Sabonis is, I, I know he can hit the three once in a while, but he's more of a post player. Keegan Murray can shoot. Keegan mm-hmm. Murray is a really good shooter for his his size. So playing next to Sabonis where he can stretch the floor and Sabonis can kind of take care of the glass and and um, play more center, I think that will be really good. Um, and they don't need another guard. Like I know Jaden Ivey is really good and he probably could have uh, made Davion Mitchell like kind of a back end guard. Maybe he plays a couple of minutes. He would have he would have been a starter right away, Jay and Ivy. But I just, I think Keegan Murray is gonna fit better for for how they want to play. They went they 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 went more big man right. They had Halliburton. They had the good guards in Halliburton and Fox, but their whole goal was to play more big oriented right. So now you have uh, Sabonis. You know. Uh, I don't know. I think they might still have Rashawn Holmes on contract. I'm not positive. Um, but if yeah. he comes back, they have him. They have now Keegan Murray to play, you know, that small forward, power forward type position. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, number five is Jaden Ivey, who uh, I've been watching in the summer league and uh, really, really impressed. He's a guy who's going to add a lot of fire to that young Detroit team with mm. – um, uh, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, um, uh, Bagley the Third. Who, again, glad they took him over Luca. No, um, <laughs> Isaiah Isaiah Stewart. Again, Trey, a team where you can name a lot of guys who could theoretically start. I mean, Isaiah Stewart can take Kelly Olynyk's starting spot, and mm. then uh, and they're all under you know twenty four, twenty three. Yeah, so it's, it's gonna a, be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see how Cade and Jane uh, Ivy play together. They're both. Ball dominant, yeah. score Ball first dominant. guards. Um, yeah. But Kate, Kate Cunningham um, is a good passer. He's a willing passer. Um, so I feel like yeah. he'll take on that role, having a good scorer next to him. Um, yeah. But at this point, I think in terms of Detroit, and uh, let's not forget Detroit, um, uh, and I really wanted to mention this, is uh, uh, really took advantage of the Knicks. <laughs> And then and another with another draft debacle of the Knicks trading out of their first round pick, uh, so that they could I don't I don't even know they got some future seconds or something or they got a first for they got a future first that'll turn into two condition is a conditional that could turn into two seconds if not conveyed like it, like it's bad and Detroit ended up picking um, Jalen Dern who. Many people consider the best big man in this class, right? So really? this is more of a yeah, like a uh, pure big man, I would say. Like we know Chet is a big man, like he's tall, but in terms of post, uh, post presence, um, mm-hmm. really, you know, hungry big man kind of like interior presence. Jalen Dern, Mark Williams were the two big guys, and Jalen Dern was uh, on a lot of people's top for big men in this draft. And Detroit kind of yeah. kind of just fell into his, fell into their laps. The Knicks didn't want to pick him, 
it didn't want to pick at all. It seemed like, and uh, and Knicks fans are going crazy. People are people are laughing at, <laughs> laughing them off again. Um, but that could be another yeah. that could be another pick that really yeah. works out for Detroit. And there's another move that we're going to talk about too with the Knicks uh, in a few minutes. That it just mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of why this is such a laughable franchise. And uh, there, there, what was it? A second round exit with uh, Julius Randle two years ago is probably the best they're going to get uh, yeah. for the next couple because they. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. We'll uh, the last few picks we got the Pacers with uh, number six Benedict. I can't say his last name. Matern. Matern. Yeah, yes. Him. Yeah. I actually and I yeah. And uh and then number seven, we got Shane Sharp uh going to Portland. Uh Max, anything about kind of where they went in terms of uh the positions they picked uh, with uh, the Pacers and the Blazers there? Uh well the uh I mean the Pacers picking a forward. I think uh I'm just trying to think of kind of how their roster is constructed right now. They're actually the Pacers with Halliburton at you know, kind of the one, two, they're, they're getting to be kind of like a big team who also, again, I can see some of their youth showing they've, you know, go good, Bataz day, um, buddy healed now, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, TJ Warren did end up leaving, but, um, I think he could possibly fill kind of that role as like a, um, you know, kind of that forward that they lost. And then for shade and sharp, uh, going to the Blazers, geez, the Blazers could have taken anything. Like the Blazers are after their last season, were just in absolute shambles. Um, interesting to me picking another guard, truly, especially when uh, just kind of who they have for big men is, I think, one of their biggest weaknesses. I mean, Nurk, we've seen for the past couple of years, whether it's been injuries or just his even his healthy performance, is not cutting it for the Blazers and. Mm. I I would have gone. I would have you know, taken a, a another big man over a guard. That's just me personally. But I mean, Shaden Sharp was highly rated. However, he is a he hasn't played. A, he hasn't played a minute uh, since you know before college and uh, and his first NBA action gets hurt and now he's out for the summer league. So he's gonna have a long off season ahead of him to try oh. to get into NBA shape. Um, especially with the comments that he made, Max, as we know, about how he feels he's the best, he's gonna be the best player of all time. <laughs> I, uh, something about this class is I don't know. I don't know if either 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 this is gonna I'm be the, the water. Either the kids this is born be in two thousand three. What's going on with kids born in two thousand three? No, really. Did did they put something in the water? Did the U.S. government put something in the water where you're like, I'm going to be the best Hooper of all time? No. Gosh. (laughs) Golly is all I got to say. Yeah. So it's it's the ego. It's the ego. I like a little bit of humility and then you let your game talk and then you can say whatever the hell you want. That's, no, the, that's how I feel. about There's definitely you got to be confident in your game. I think there's there's confident. It's but different. that's about that's about your skill. When you start like comparing yourself to NBA history, <laughs> that's where I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's get let's pump the brakes on the NBA history time before we put the gold jacket on you. Let's, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, seriously, when well, that's even with Chet too, it's like who's the who do you think is the best player in the NBA currently? They're they're looking for like a KD, Giannis, LeBron. Jokic Curry like like name one of those five you're good you're like me in six months no no I'm sorry Buster 
That just oh, ain't it. No. Oh no, that's not well, nice. You just gotta hope that it doesn't come back to bite him. Like you know what I mean? They're gonna, you know, you know, some, you know, he's gonna have a bad game, and they're gonna cut that clip of his answer right next to a play of someone postering him. You know what I mean? Like, the internet, as we know, is entirely ruthless. Yeah, you know, they undefeated. have those clips. They already have that clip saved. Yeah. So yeah, just get <laughs> yeah. ready, guys. Yeah. Shade and sharp. If he doesn't play all year, yikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I mean, just a quick second about uh the Pacers. The Pacers are obviously full rebuild. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. they traded Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, um, and just kind of played this year with Hal Burton and Matherin and and uh, Isaiah Jackson and and, and Jalen uh, Smith. Uh, you are. Yeah, and Duarte, yeah. Um, so Duarte. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they were just kind of looking to vie for who people were looking at this class and were like, eh, next year's class max. Um, with uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look up to the Victor uh, Wembanyama, Wembanyama, uh, yes. Victor Wembanyama. Yes. yes. Uh, highly ta- like the most highly ta- like this is like i would say i would say people looking at him like like they were looking at zion um this is that guy for for people for next year um and look and i was watching a couple highlights just kind of after this current draft of him uh in uh i think he played in france last year yeah um man he's <laughs> he's crazy dude he's he 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 looks bigger for his frame like he's definitely thin but he just plays bigger and he he just has guard skills all these big men that have guard skills um it's ridiculous now you have to and he's seven two he's seven two obviously so he's not he has like he doesn't have a lot of weight to him but uh it's gonna be crazy. People are people are really gonna tank. Like you're seeing the Spurs, you're seeing the Pacers. Um, people people are tanking harder than they've ever tanked before for this kid. Um, yeah, they they just gotta hope. They just gotta hope and pray that they get that number one lottery ball. <laughs> Literally, they're like, they're like, I'm gonna be so. It's gonna be so crazy to watch a uh, an OKC no uh, uh, a Spurs. Like a Spurs Pacers or a Spurs OKC matchup, or a Spurs Blazers matchup, like or what, you know what I mean? Like one of the teams that are gonna go really tank first, they're yeah. literally just gonna like pass the ball to the other team because they don't want to score. That's just for this kid, dude. It's crazy. It's gonna be crazy. I'm excited. I'm excited that, to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You the know clips what, are know, gonna tank, be so good. Tanking is part of it. As long as the Celtics aren't tanking, you know, I'm just oh, fine. Let everyone else do it. Yeah, for sure. Let everybody else. Do. Yeah, you'll you'll take your uh, your unicorns. We'll we'll stick with uh, Grant Williams. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm good. I'm all set. We made it to the finals, baby, and we're going back. We're going back. <laughs> all right. <sighs> you know, we said Shrey. We talked about it. I I mean, I was incredibly wrong when I was like the Suns are coming out of the West, but we said we're like the Celtics could come out of the East. It's possible. And what, you yeah. know, I just, again, I just want to acknowledge the, the, the incredible playoff run that it was to beat the Nets, to beat the Bucks, to beat the Heat. Mm. God, all those teams and all of those teams knocked us out the three consecutive years prior. So, mm-hmm. boy, revenge. Mm. 
tastes good. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. So as we dive in uh, to a little bit more meat and potatoes, there are a lot of moves in the NBA, and we just we have to talk about some. I mean, big free agent signings, big bags, big trades. I think kind of in a chronological order, one of the first ones to take place was uh, well, the first two kind of were Christian Wood leaving the Rockets like we talked about and going to the Dallas Mavericks and then DeJounte Murray getting traded for what I think is basically beans from the Spurs to the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Because I have a lot of thoughts on both. So let's start Let's start with Wood um, because okay. I feel like that's a shorter conversation. It's not much meat on that bone. Dallas is looking to compete, man. Mm-hmm. Dallas is looking to compete, it's and they're big they move. And it feels like they've been devoid of a big man for some, for some time, or a, a, a real big man, a real big man, somebody who is a rim rocker, a high flyer, somebody who can you know get down and dirty in the post, somebody who's there to kind of protect the paint, and is agile enough to continue to you know shoot, run in transition with the best of them, mm-hmm. and and has that athletic ability. Christian Wood, we have seen an emergence over the past couple of years, and he is. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's like, you know, top top, but he's up there in terms of like people who you can think of that are like good solid players. And the yeah, Mavs, he's definitely solid. Uh, the Mavs after getting, you know, absolutely walloped by Golden State, they they saw Kleber, which I believe Kleber's still on the roster. Yeah. C- correct me if I'm wrong. Right. So yeah. Kleber serves an important role as kind of a stretch big, right? But the Mavs looked at their roster and they're like, okay, we need somebody who can play. They also added JaVale McGee too, who in limited minutes is a really solid role player at this point. He Mm -hmm. used to be infamous for his lack of basketball IQ, but you know, the guy based off his vegan power can still jump like anybody's business. He gets the putbacks. He gets the down and dirty plays. Might get a couple unnecessary fouls throughout your game, but you know, I I like it. So it's cool to see the Mavs kind of doubling down. They know that Luka can work. You know, they're keeping a lot of their role players. They're keeping Spencer Dinwiddie as their backup guard. Um, one person left. We'll talk about that in a few <laughs> few seconds. But, yeah, I, I like it. I like the move. I, I think – so I like the move. I think they needed a change. And they found that um, at the end of the day, being guard dominant but not having a, a reliable big man – when they lost, when they traded away Porzingis, ended up hurting them in that that Golden State series. So they realized they had to have a big man. They couldn't just play all guards. Um, there is potential though for this this trade to end up getting them basically Porzingis back. Like Christian Wood has kind of that that in him where he does he does take or at least in Houston, right? It felt like I mean, even though that was a bad team, he took a lot of threes. Um, he shot outside, yeah. He shot. He was more of an outside shooter. Um, he's not a great defensive player for his height. Uh, the same way mm-hmm. uh, Porzingis, who has can have gaudy stats, you know, blocking. You've seen his six block games and things of that nature. But consistently, Porzingis is not a great defender either. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, from my perspective, I think you're definitely going to get a better interior presence with Christian Wood. But health wise, he he doesn't really stay on the court either. He's had injury issues. Uh, yeah, that's true. In the past, uh, and so you know, it feels like if if his health isn't there, this could go very Porzingisy. If if it were to go bad, but him being on a good team, 
you're not going to get that like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just like, this is a bad team, whatever attitude from him. He's going to want to play now, considering this team just went to the um, the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. So they'll 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 take they'll they'll take that from him. I think he'll want to to play harder for them than he did probably in in um, in Houston with Shangun breathing down his throat every breathing down his neck breathing down his throat breathing down his neck. <sighs> 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 Oh, you feel that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, every second. But, but the Rockets don't necessarily lose out with this trade, too, because like you said, they have Sengun who yeah. kind of – They wanted still, that. They wanted that. They want a young big man who – you know what? I really, really like his post play and his footwork. Mm-hmm. I really like – like he's got the fakes. He got the Euro ball fakes. Like he knows how to play basketball. He knows how to use his body, really, yeah. He knows how to use his body. It's really fun to watch. And then again, Christian Wood is that athletic guy. And and yes, there is definitely the injury concern. And it's you want to invest in players who are going to be on your roster for the majority of the games that you play, and yeah. especially throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, some guys, especially, um, well, you know, like the uh, like who were just at Shade and Sharp. Like I personally, if I was a GM, I wouldn't draft somebody who I know is an injury risk. It was the same thing with Romeo Langford and the Celtics. Mm. he had the story of being an injury risk and, and that's all he was and Neesmith they were just injured their entire time and you, you literally couldn't turn them into the product that you hoped that they would be because if they're not healthy to play basketball they're not going to get any better simple yeah. as that yeah um but yes so so I agree a good move for the Mavs a little bit of downside but I think a lot of upside yeah and for what you paid for him like I think it was like a second round pick or something right what was the trade it was and a couple was, couple players yeah, yeah it was it was it was chips so it was chips th- yep so I would take that any day right just to just to get that type of player you know he's a proven scorer as a big man get him in yep. see what he can do in your system so yeah yeah no I agree uh so DeJounte Murray yeah. This was huge because the Spurs made the announcement that they're looking for trade partners for him. I was and shocked. I was shocked, shocked, right? Because he had such a great year last year. Personally, I, th- I think he should have well, an all-star. I think he should have been most improved. Mm, yeah, he should have been. You look yeah. at year over year. I mean, he was huge. John Morant, nothing, nothing against him, but he was already good the previous year. Like he was yeah. already, he was on the NBA Instagram all the time for his highlight play. <laughs> DeJounte Murray had a breakout year. I mean, you can see what this guy can do. What what straight? What did he average? He was averaging. It like, was like twenty eight and a half and seven, six or seven. Yeah, it was like all twenty eight and seven. It was it yeah. was disgusting. That is a player who can pay your bills, basically. <laughs> for sure. Spurs say they're they're looking for a couple first round picks. Like basically, like that's what they weren't even looking for a player in return. Really, Atlanta Hawks got him. I was hoping that the Celtics were going to go after him because he's a playmaking point guard who has height and length. That is exactly what we needed. But end up in Atlanta. I think that's a huge acquisition. Uh, I think he can play with Trey Young. I mean, you can see that he can score the ball. Doesn't necessarily have to have it in his hands to make plays and stuff like that. Um, he's got pretty good IQ, from my opinion. He mm-hmm. you know makes his shots. And I, I really think Trey Young makes a lot of his teammates better just through his passing ability. Yeah, and they needed a defensive guard. Max, yes. especially uh, with Trey Young not really being a great defender. Uh, no, um, no, 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 no. Trey Young is a bad defender. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's without old. a doubt. I, I mean, um, he, seriously, th- this playoff series. Did you? Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, it's a lot of Matador defense from him for sure. Um, 
but I mean, he provides, so he provides that offensive. He does the same thing on offense. He just can't stop the same person on defense. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to have a guy, yeah. his length, like DeJounte Murray's every time I look at a picture of him, like he, he, his, his shoulders are broad and his arms are super long. Like, it looks like, I don't even know, like very, like, Wait. Shrey, this is your crush. I forgot that this is yeah. your crush that we're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna be a Celtic, Celtic blushing shirt on again. top. Celtic shirt on top, Dejounte Murray shirt on the bottom. Dejounte Murray tramp stamp. Actually, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> no, there's an episode no, where Shreyas no. was utterly blushing no, over Dejounte Murray's play. No. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. I had to get it. He's uh, just my favorite. <laughs> oh, God. It's just his face. It's just a poor rendition of his face. <laughs> but, you know, if you're a fan, ah, I just, yeah. He's, yep. the, the trade it's is, a steal. The, it's a steal for the Atlanta Hawks. It's, a, it's an utter steal. It is utter highway robbery for what? It was like three firsts. It, so it's uh, three firsts and a pick swap. Um, I'm sorry. In that's 2026. Beans. For it's, an immediate asset. I'm sorry. That's beans. Yeah. So that's, it's definitely something that like when you have Trey Young, when you have, it seems like now they're going to keep John Collins. Like I don't see any John Collins trade rumors anymore. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? When you have those three now, you're really, when, and when you pick Murray up, you're, you're, you don't kind of, you kind of don't care about that future right now. You're in a win now mode, right? You want to make sure Trey's prime, John Collins is prime. Yeah, is taken care of in terms of winning. This is a guy mm-hmm. that really does it. So the hope is that they're good enough that these first round picks, at least for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty five, are lower on the lower end, and it doesn't really wouldn't really matter for a good team, right? Right. Um. Right. It. I mean, obviously, you take that risk with like the picks that are later because you don't know how trades will end up three or four years down in the future. Um, so you may, they, you know what I mean? The Spurs may get like a, a, a good lottery pick in 2026 or 2027 if the case, but your hope is that you're good for the immediate two, three years of this trade so that they don't really get a good return out of those first couple picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Spurs have that insurance. Now, you know, they're going to tank uh, for the number one pick. And if Atlanta doesn't play as well, they're not figuring it out. And they can get like a late lottery pick out of it. That's pretty much a, that's a win for right now. That's a win for next year. So um, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not the worst play in the world. And obviously you get some draft capital and you know, you're going to stink. Uh, so you just kind of take what you can get. But for Atlanta, man, you need a defense, uh, and you got defense. So, and and you got playmaking. Trey, you got, you got more the, than one defense. of the best you got rebounding guards. You got everything. Yeah, yeah, you got one of yeah. the best rebounding guards in the league. Like this is this is a, this is a win for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the move that we mentioned before, and this is why I want to just laugh at the Knicks. Is just every time I see him, it's like what, what? you signed Jalen Brunson, who played with the Mavs last year. Had his little playoff run. Had a couple of great games. You could see this guy was. Oh, I would say I would say he single handedly won that uh, that Utah series for him. The Utah series. He, that's yeah. true. With Luca out, he he was there. Oh, he he's was a good player. Good. He's a good player. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, no, he's a good player. No, no, no. I, oh, no, I just want to make the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I know this is for the haters. He's a good player. Yeah, 
Jalen Brunson declined to speak with the Mavs. And then I would believe it was one other team that was pursuing him. And the immediately, heat. the Heat, the Heat, good team, good immediately team. just left and signed a 104 four year deal, 104 million four year deal with the New York mm. Knicks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I, no, it's a, it's a lot. Like, I love Jalen Brunson. A, that's too much money. Uh, too much money. He definitely, and, and props to him too. He, he took advantage of everything. He took it and he took he it. Took, he horns. got the momentum. Yeah. He right. Got the momentum. I'm pretty sure there was a thing that he was going to, um, there was a, uh, the Mavs were going to sign him to let, or they wanted to sign him to 55 million before the season. I don't know what the years were that on. I think it may have been three or four years, 55 million. Yeah. He declined because he, he, he knew he was going to make way more coming out of the season. Yeah. And he basically doubled. He basically doubled his full return for, for the for the contract offer that the Mavs had given him. Um, and then the one thing, the one thing that I don't like about the Knicks approach, right? And it's not that you don't go and pursue a player like Jalen Brunson when he's available, right? He He's considered one of the top guards, if not the top guard on the free agent market, right? He, Let's not consider the let's not consider the the trade options. Okay, 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 okay. On the free okay. agent market, he's like you don't have to give up anything other than cap space for him. But he only but he only got to that status because of this playoff series, because of this this year's playoffs. If if you said Jalen Brunson last year, he would not be regarded in. So the he would he wouldn't have gotten one hundred and four million dollars. I agree. I still think he's worth starter money in terms of last year because of um, he really out of. Uh, out of what his role was, he had a decent usage and he I think he was like 13, five and four. It's a pretty good player for, for considering that Luca's going to just get, get the brunt of the workload at all times as a guard. Right. He's obviously not, I don't know. I don't know if he'll uh, live up to 104 million. He's the best guard, at least from the free agent market. The problem I have with the Knicks is that you, you basically said, screw the draft. We don't want to draft anybody. Like, cause that'll take up cap space. Like, you know, the players we have to pay, we're trying to let go of people, right? They traded Nerlens Noel and they traded, um, uh, or they waived Taj Gibson. They oh, yeah. traded, um, they traded someone else in that Nerlens Noel deal, uh, to Detroit. Uh, they traded a couple of people, right? Uh, Kemba, I think, or, you know what I mean? They traded Kemba, right? They traded, they traded people that could have taken up cap space for them. They cleared up everything just so that they could get this player, right? They cleared up over $30 million of cap room so that most of it will go to Jalen Brunson. That's the issue I have is that they were so transfixed on this one player that it's probably going to hurt them from a roster building standpoint now. Yeah, it is. Okay, you extended Mitchell Robinson, right? That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's a good move. You cut some of the chaff, but... Bro, you you your your star core is Jalen Brunson, and and uh, Barrett and Randall, Barrett and Randall. It's not good enough to be honest. It's 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 like a it's a solid. They maybe could they could get into the no. play in game this time. Oh, uh, finally, no. no. You don't think you don't think this is a play in team? That core, no nope, top not that ten. Core. No, Jalen Brunson's not carrying the Knicks for a season. Julius I know, Randall, but I, know, I, know. I think I think they could make a nine. And you're under Tommy team. Tibbs still. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna play forty five minutes a game. <laughs> he's gonna play each one of these guys for forty five minutes a game. Mitchell Robinson will play until he gets hurt. Yep, 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 yep. 
and that's it. And uh, did they? Uh, what did they do? Did they get rid of Fournier? No, no, no. He's still the best defensive backcourt in the league now. Brunson and Fournier uh, now. Oh. <laughs> now now intact now <laughs> move you, over move over celtics <laughs> brunson and fournier is gonna stop everybody and do you remember when people were trying to justify fournier and the celtics I never liked that move you see okay because originally i liked the move because you gave up what two second round picks for him and yeah you're right he was cheap and we yeah low risk but man, did he? He didn't even live up to two second round picks. No. He was so bad. He was so bad. Was I straight so watching bad. those games, watching him guard one on one is painful. Yeah. He's, like, he's the epitome of you reach, I teach. Because <laughs> that would be like his one kind of go to move is he'd try to go for the steal. But yeah. because he's got cement blocks attached to the end of his legs, yep, he would yep. go out way too far and then would just watch his guy go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseline, middle. <laughs> Outside, inside, I don't care. He bad. Knicks can have him. And I remember our good friend Joe Sorrello is like, dude, Fournier is a great signing. How about now? <laughs> How about now? Because I watched some Knicks games and hey, yeah, he can hit some threes. Yeah, he can. Oh, hit especially threes. against us. Sure, he's got beef with us. He's got beef what? with us only. The freshman. <laughs> we did not. The Boston baguettes are not good. <laughs> I cannot live here. I need a New York bagel. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you oh. know how it is. Yeah, it, it, uh, uh, crazy. And, and Trey, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on record. Nick's not even making the playoffs with oh. that core. Okay. I mean, yeah, they could definitely they could definitely not make the playoffs. Even I don't think they they're a top eight the play in. Even if they yeah. top, make it to the play in, they won't make the playoffs. They're losing. Yeah, they okay. won't make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. I think I think that's where I'm leaning at this point. I think they're a play in team. I don't know if they're a playoff team. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of uh, our very own Boston Celtics, great moves coming out mm. of the the mastermind of Brad Stevens. I, I don't even know how this happened. I don't know how it happened, but I am thrilled. Celtics traded for Malcolm Brogdon. And you know who they traded? You, If you were a casual fan, you couldn't even name him. Tice, Malik Fitz, Aaron Naismith. Uh, Jawan Morgan. Who? Nick Stauskas. Morgan. Nick Stauskas. Goat. Goat. Gone. Five five end of end of roster, end of bench players for a defensive-minded 6-5 playmaking point guard. Mm-hmm. Exactly what we needed. Now, mm. I still believe the only the only slight problem that the Celtics have is is kind of big men rotations. You know, it's you got a full season to play, you got Al Horford and Rob Williams. They need I would I would try to get somebody to fill that. But in terms of our kind of immediate backcourt defensively, locked up. Derek White, Marcus Smart, now Malcolm Brogdon and Peyton Pritchard. Give me that all day. All day. Every day. And then you go into the Tatums and the Browns and mm, the Rob Williams, the Al Horfords, the Grant Williams. Mm, yeah. I love it. I love so, it. So just kind of speaking on the on the trade itself. Brogdon definitely was available for such a low cost because Indiana just wanted to get rid of him considering a, his, his age, right? He's 30 now. Um, and they're definitely moving towards a youth movement. And it seems like that's what they're going to be doing if they trade Turner and yield and, uh, those types of players, but also his injury concern, right? He, since he got to Indiana, uh, I, I don't know what the percentage of games he's played over the of 
amount of games that were uh like you know they had three eighty two game seasons, but he was not he was not available for a lot of those games, especially last year. Last year, uh, it's kind of fluky because he was injured, but then they the Pacers were just like we're just gonna tank, right? Um, right. So he they just told him to let sit down. Like we we you know you're hurt. Like let's just not do anything. We're gonna tank anyway. Just take a seat. So I'm not gonna say all those games he wasn't hurt. Uh, he probably wasn't. He probably could have played. Well, here, Shrey, I'll just give you just the games played. And you're yeah. right. On the Pacers, never played more than 56 games in a season. His first yeah. year, 54. Next year, 56. Last year, 36. So mm-hmm. became an injury concern. On the Bucks, he had a season of 48 years. However, his first year and then in 2018 on the Bucks, he played 75 and 64 games. And those are kind of the seasons that stick out to me the because I remember him. Rookie of the year season, and then just I, even though he only played forty eight that second year on the Bucks, his entire time on the Bucks, I'm like, this guy is this guy's a threat. I mean, he shoots really well from three, historically thirty seven percent. I'll take that. Forty six percent field goal percentage. Just to get into a few stats, I just I, I I think of him as a player as like a good locker room guy, good chemistry, good personality. Uh, doesn't always play with an ego. Like he's setting up his teammates in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I feel like he's going to have to adjust back to, especially in Milwaukee. He was coming off the bench uh, for Bledsoe at the time. And uh, only in his, I think his second year in Milwaukee, was he starting more games near, next to Bledsoe? Um, mm-hmm. And that rookie season, he was bit, he was like a 50 40 90 player right that's what people know him for that one yeah, season yeah. so he's going to have to get back to that because in indiana he was basically he came there um it was him oladipo turner and they well, indiana thought that you know with a higher usage more minutes he could be a number one option i don't think he's a number one option in the nba i don't yeah. think he's a number two option in the nba yeah i think if he can really take into uh, into his mindset of what he did in Milwaukee and being a very high efficient, um, you know, what I mean, playmaking guard that can defend in around thirty minutes a game, roughly. Like I would say, I would say thirty minutes he could play off the bench as like a six man. Mm-hmm. He'll be really good. He'll be really good. He'll un- it'll save him kind of in terms of health. Right, he's not going to be playing. 35 minutes that Rick Carlisle just literally just ran him into the ground half the time, right? He's playing Mm -hmm. 35, 38 minutes every time he's there, whether he's hurt or not. And then he's, you know what I mean? If you can bring that back down to 30 to 32, he's coming off the bench, right? And in spurts where he can still be that number one, he can still be that playmaker uh, in those bench sets, but he's not called upon to be the number one option. Like he was in Indiana. If he can bring, bring his mindset back to that, He's gonna be he's gonna be a fantastic ad, and I think that's where he's thinking too. Like he came and he he's already started talking about, uh, or people have already started talking about in the media that he's kind of taken that sixth man role. He's he's ready for it. He's ready to be on a winning team. That's what you want to hear, especially coming off of the trade. And especially for him, it's like he knows that he's he's aging. He's found success in different areas. I mean, mm-hmm. he's had seasons where he's averaged over twenty or close to twenty. He's had yeah. seasons where he's had you know six seven assists. It, you know, it, not, maybe not all at the same time, but I, I think that he'll find a fit with Boston. I mean, Boston has under under Ime, 
has reestablished their identity as a defensive-minded team. I mean, think about how many games, Trey, this this past season where we're holding teams to under like 100, holding teams sometimes to under 90. I mean, that yeah. is great to see, and that's why we love Boston sports. So, And, if you, yeah. Max, uh, if you talk about what happened in the finals, defense wasn't our issue in the finals. We held nope. Golden State we to around 100. We held Golden State to historic numbers, historic yeah. final numbers. But yep. the offense was, and – He's a definitely a better offensive player off the bench than, than uh, bringing Derek White off the bench, right? Derek White is more defensive-oriented. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a good defensive player, but he's more offensively-oriented. And if right? you leave him open from three, he's oh, going to he, make it. And when we play yeah. team basketball, you're going to find open threes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Simple so I think, I think you need a guy that can create his own shot that isn't Tatum or Brown. Um and you know what I mean? And that's that, that this might yeah. be your guy right here, especially too, right? Sorry, because if you have a, a multi headed Viper, it's I mean, that's how Golden State beat us. It's like, all right, cool. So we locked up Curry. Okay, Clay made, you know, or Clay misses three. Okay, that's good. Oh, great. Now Wiggins is there. Oh, great. Now Draymond made, you know, his one, his one three of the game. Pool has decided he's going to have a great third quarter. Otto Come Porter. On, Looney. Yeah, Otto Porter. I, I, Gary Payton, when he came back, you're like, okay, yeah. so all these guys are just going to keep scoring. Now it's you know that teams are going to scheme for Tatum and Brown. It's it's by default. You know that those are our guys. You know they can see watching film what they like to do, what they do do. They're very habitual players. I think Jalen Brown's got a little bit more mix ups, but now having that extra punch, right? Yeah, having a guy like you said who can make his own shot is going to do nothing but help us, and we didn't have to give up much to get him. The issue is when one of those guys aren't on the floor, we have the inability to at least tread water. This is a guy that you can rest one of you can rest Brown, you can rest Tatum, put Brogdon into the lineup, and you're not only you not only might tread water, you might ex- you, you might, might extend get, your lead or you yeah. might you might actually come back, right? Like you might there won't be a deficit or you won't increase your deficit because Tatum or Brown is taking a rest. That's what that's 100%. the type of guy you need. And so 100%. I think he can provide that. No, I agree. Now there's a, a few just kind of general moves. We've got John Wall uh, leaving the Rockets where he was literally too good for that team. Signed with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I think for the Clippers, again, that's like a, a low risk, high reward. It's if John Wall plays at a fraction of last year or a fraction of his former self, that's a great guard, great scorer to have. Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, Paul George is going to miss some games. You know, Kawhi is still going to load manage. Games. Yeah. So it's a great guy to have there. And again, you got some you got some young players. You got Boston out there. You've got uh Man They got out exceptional there. depth. Yeah. They got really good depth. It, it like yep. like you were saying Boston, Jackson, Covington, Man. Norman yeah. Powell. Oh, I forgot about Powell, Covington, uh Terrence Mann too. Terrence Mann. Like they got they got some real good ballers uh coming off the bench and also kind of rounding out their starting lineup. If all these guys are healthy, at least to getting into playoff time, this could be a scary lineup. I don't know. I don't know. People are already saying this is the number one seed nope. <laughs> going uh, projection. Uh, that depends on how Kawhi plays. I have no doubt that Kawhi is going to come back and have monster games because it's Kawhi Leonard. He's just business. He just yeah. works and he loves to play basketball. But I, I straight, I don't, I can't put him at number. one. I don't think. Well, I don't think for the reason that you're saying is is. Will they play that many games to be the number one seed? I don't think that's yes. I don't think that's yes. their goal, right? If they're if they can all be healthy, playoff at time. the 
that's the, her goal. Right after the All Star break, and then probably going into March, that's what they need. Yep, that's what they need. What hurt them in the last? What hurt them in the play? And was Paul George just Paul George hey, out? Paul George is out for freak oh. protocols, <laughs> and then you know what I mean your your season is over, right? So having another option, and then also adding to the adding to the to the depth that you already have. Uh, could prove vital. I think, I think at least uh, they're going to be in the top eight without having to play in the play-in this year. So mm-hmm. there's yeah, going to be a lot so. of injuries. So I think I think this will great restrict ad. that restrict them from going into the to the lower part of the play-in like they did last y- year. Yeah, exactly. And actually, one thing too, um, I guess we should have mentioned earlier, but but before we get to this next one, is Kevin Herter to from the Hawks to the Sacramento Kings. Um, just quickly on that is that the Hawks upgraded directly from Kevin Herter, who was wildly inconsistent Mm -hmm. and he had one job is like, hit your threes, dude, finish the plays that Trey young is setting up for you. Finish the plays, finish your layups, finish your threes, just make your shots a great upgrade to get him out and then get DeJounte Murray in that place. Mm -hmm. And I think DeJounte Murray is going to have a much bigger role than Kevin Herter because he can do more. Yeah. Then they're expected to do more. I feel like he's obviously going to be the cream of the crop of that. Uh, depth with uh, Bogdanovich, right? Uh, Hunter, um, you know how they kind of have these these uh, wings and guards that are kind of in the middle. It feels like they had a lot of them. With they had Herder, they had for a while, right? It was Herder, Reddish, Hunter, all vying for minutes, and they've slowly kind of pieced it together to figure out the pieces they actually want. And so they brought in Murray, they move out Herder, they move out Reddish. So it looks like Hunter and, um, and Murray is, uh, and Bogdanovich are the three that they're kind of settling with. And it's good. They don't have, they don't have these all like five guys vying for all these wing minutes and then kind of not producing because they don't get enough. So. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. So this trade uh, this just next one that I want to touch on is uh, Gobert, Rudy Gobert, the Frenchman, the DPOY, the Stifle going Tower, from the Stifle Tower, going from the Jazz, where we knew that he was beefing with Donovan Mitchell, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm. Really interesting. Uh, on first look, Max, from uh, just the trade details. Utah <laughs> made out as well as you can get. Uh, Danny Ainge is is a master. He is a he's. I a don't know how master. they made out this well, but Danny, yeah, Danny Ainge deserves a lot of credit uh, for putting this deal together. Um, for a player, especially considering the recency bias of uh, Rudy Gobert, especially in that playoff run, mm-hmm. I felt like he was kind of at a, at a lower point in his trade value. Right when you look at how people were talking about, oh, he, he won't come up and guard three-point shooters. He's really, you know, an interior player, and he's a good help defender. But um, when he's asked to play one-on-one with a, a player that can shoot uh, from the outside, he's just going to come up short at all times. It felt like that was going to be the narrative push on him for this offseason. And Danny Ainge... Did not <laughs> did not. No, Danny Ainge's he, like, look what this guy can do. Yeah, he pumped him up. Six time all time all defense. I mean, you know, three time all star. You you can't get any better he, than this. He got. It was like it was like he traded like prime Alonzo Mourning. 
No, because now the Jazz, now the Jazz just, yeah, excuse me, I can't speak. Now the Jazz just addressed a bunch of issues that they had. They got rid of Royce O'Neal, brought in Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, Leandro Bolmaro, Walker Kessler, and the person that I like, I think he's going to have a pretty big year this year, Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, in I, addition. I, oh no, I'm not done trading. Oh. Trade is still going. Oh, 2023 going. first round, 2025 first round, 2026 pick swap. 2027 first round, 2029 first round pick. They're starting to look like OKC with that absolute stash of first rounders. Well, if you look at those two trades you talk about, Royce O'Neal and Gobert, it's a combined six first, uh, yeah, six first round picks. So you got a first round wow. pick for O'Neal, you got four future picks for Gobert, and you got Walker Kessler, who was the first round pick from this draft, who hasn't played a minute yet. So it's basically getting another first round pick. Right. And he's a center. He could he could turn out to be he could turn out to be their center of the future now. He's a seven foot he's a seven footer. Um mm-hmm. so to get that return, just in terms of not only did you get the draft capital, you got a young player that was picked because a team liked him, right? He has skills that a team liked. He was a first round pick. And then you got players that have been proven in the NBA, right? Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. Like these are players that tend, that can add. You're obviously going into more of a a a rebuild. I would say, like obviously, it's good. they're going to take a little bit of a step back. But considering the players they got, right? Do, do you really expect them to go like tank? I don't expect them no. to tank this year. No, because they they still have Mitchell. They have they the, still- the the return is just they got NBA players back. They got viable starters back. Straight. And again, it's like you you got rid of something who I agree with you. Like the narrative surrounding Rudy Gobert was bad. I was clowning him. I was like the Jazz every single year. Disappointing. Second round exit. First mm-hmm. round exit. Like disappointing. Especially too when they had so much hype and potential. Uh, and then they, again, also losing hurt Joe Ingles. Not, not, not bad. I mean, I know they lost him to Portland originally, but mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of these guys who you're like, okay, that's part of our. And in that trade, door. Max, they they picked up uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker too, right? So a young Which kid that may have potential, like you know what I mean? Like yep. they're really they're doing only something right thing, there. Well, yeah, the only thing, Shrey, is we just got to make sure somebody puts the reins on Danny Ainge and mm. stops him from drafting undersized guys. He's gonna draft all of them. <laughs> You're not going to get it. Just so you know, just jazz fans, just so you know, okay, we spent many years with Danny Ainge. All those picks are going to be guards, and they're most likely going to be 6'2 or less. Well, just letting you know. The issue with no Ainge. No centers will come out of this. The issue with Ainge was that, wasn't that he he always wanted to win every trade, right? So he won this trade, and the narrative around this trade is going to be that he won this trade. So he's going to love it. He's going to love that he won this trade. And he won't do a trade unless he wins. Handed so when he does best. win... He he now prizes those picks so highly that he will is going to be tough for him to let go of one of those picks unless you get a guy that like falls into your lap because of the situation there right with Kyrie that is the only way he will he will trade one of his prized possession picks so he did great on this trade I'm not taking away anything from the return he got on Gobert incredible. But the other side, and what we did, we were fr- what we got frustrated about Ainge when he, um, when he was here, was that once he gets traded, how are you going to now flip those assets? How are you going to figure out which which players you want to pick and which 
what's better for your future, what's better for your present. And he has he has a little bit of trouble with post trade analysis of the team. And ju- he kind of just takes what comes. He just kind of, okay, this pick's coming up. Let's just do it. Like It feels like he has that nature to him. So that's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So jazz fans watch out and, uh, but, but still, but still in the present, in the present for the current jazz, great roster moves. And what about for just Minnesota? Uh, terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You guys are, you guys are literally a poverty franchise. I had so much hope for you this past year. I was like, you guys are really doing it. You got Pat Bev in there, even though I don't, I'm not a huge fan. You got Anthony Edwards. You got Jared Vanderbilt. You got these young guys who are ready to play. Cats ready to stay there. You know what I mean? Like these guys are ready to go. And now you just traded away your young core, a million picks. And what did you get? You got a Frenchman with really long arms. So one thing I will say is that um, positionally, they needed somebody that could play defense as a big at man. the five. Yes, at because the five. they're tired of putting Cat in that position. Now you can put Cat in sort of a hybrid offensive four. Right. I, I agree with you. I think that's good. However, in terms of team building and team composition, bruh, Aunt, get Ant Edwards some help. Get him out of there. He. I mean. It, it's gonna be. It, it, I mean, it's not like their uh, guard defensive guard. Their guard defense got worse, right? They lose Pat Bev. Now you're forced to play Russell Edwards, Who? and Russell, and and you're asking Russell to play a, a bigger role defensively now, um, and you have no picks coming down the pipeline. So if the the whole Gobert trade doesn't pan out in terms of wins, right? You're now only now you're a stuck with this contract. And then B, your whole your whole point of uh, of of getting these young guys into your system, uh, it's not going to be there. This is definitely the riskier of the big bat, like the big return trades in terms of Murray and Gobert. Like when you got all these picks, this is the riskier one because the team wasn't at. You never saw the team win at a high level with Atlanta. You saw them go to the Eastern Conference Finals with what they had. Minnesota, you haven't seen that yet. So to trade all these picks. If it doesn't work out now, oh man, oh yeah, <laughs> fools. Yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I just feel bad for Minnesota fans. You know, really, it's like you guys had hope. It was the same thing. This is kind of the same thing to me is like that what Brooklyn did when they were like, oh, let's get Katie and Kyrie. You took a young core that was like had a lot of promise. They were fun. They were fiery, and then you just said, whoop. Let's get a let's get an old head in here who can ball. Ultimately, Rudy, they're going to get exposed. I'm sorry, Cat and Rudy. I just again defensively, you're right. It adds, but you know it is what it is. So before we get going, uh, we do have a few other just big bags and just kind of re-signings that I feel as though we should touch on. Mm-hmm. Most of the uh, two of these, in my opinion, are good. Two of them are bad, mm. or out of the a few of them are good, few of them are bad. Um, we get Bradley Beal. Re-signing. This is the big one for me. This is the one I really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Bradley Beal re-signing with the Wizards. Uh, there was trade rumors. There was speculation. Five-year deal, $251 million. Yeah, so he gets the Supermax, but... Ha, the, you're a Supermax, but he also got the Supermax. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the big part is that he is one of 10 players ever to get a full absolute no trade clause on his on his deal 
Um, Max, can I read out the names of the other nine people that have gotten a full no trade class in NBA history? Yes, please do. Okay. John Stockton, David Robinson, KG with the Celtics, Kobe, Tim Duncan, Dirk, LeBron, Melo with the Knicks, and D-Wade. Was that LeBron's heat contract? LeBron, I think he has one with the Lakers. Or I, the the picture I'm seeing has him with the Lakers, so I'm assuming it's with okay. the Lakers. Okay. Um, but LeBron, obviously, he'll, wherever he goes, he, if he wants a no-trade no contract, they will get down on one knee and give him a no-trade no contract. Right. And um, then who were the last two? Sorry, I was thinking. Uh, Melo and D-Wade. Yeah. So he's, one, he's in that group now of getting a full no-trade clause. He can pick wherever he goes and it's going to be crazy, man. The new, the new NBA max, the new NBA max, it used to be, you, you get the shorter deal as soon as, uh, uh, as early as like, you know what I mean? Like a couple years ago, you get the two, three year deal, right? Or you get the four year deal with the player option after two. Right. And you pick and you, and you dip after two. So it becomes a two year deal. Or you just get two years and you dip. You get two years with high money and you dip, right? That's what, or or you make your decision, right? Chris Paul did it. PG and um, Kawhi did it. Uh, Kyrie had a player option after after two years. You know what I mean? Like it happens. KD had a player option. He chose to extend, right? So that was the whole trend. The, the trend now, Max, is get your bag, get it fully guaranteed, just get get as much as you can, get the biggest bag you can, and then ask for a trade after a year or two. You know what I mean? So you you're 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 confirming that you will get that money and wherever you go, they can never take that bag away from you. You're no. getting that um that that stability within your contract to to play basketball. <sighs> I, and now you no. can ask for the trade. I I wouldn't be surprised if this is where it's going with Bradley Beal. He gets the five year bag, and after a year or two, considering the construction on this roster, so what's him, Porzingis, Monte Denny, Morris, Denny, Denny Kuzma, Abia, yeah, Monte. Kuzma. Like it's not great. It's not great. So I wouldn't be surprised if after a year or two, he says, "Yeah, I got my bag, but um, it's not. It's time. It's time. It's time. Let me give you my list." It's going to happen, Max. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I won't be surprised either. And it's just you look at Washington and you're like, dude, you've spent years in mediocrity. It's It's been like since 2016, since you guys have like made a run. Uh, come on, like something. You know what I mean? Like 2016, what, I, I don't understand why they gave him that much money from the franchise standpoint, especially as Bradley Beal in my book, great scorer, great player. In the grand scheme of things, mediocre. So the market, the market is just gonna. Uh, that's this market value, right? Like compared to what else was, uh, free agents were getting. He is the yeah. best. He is the best of the free agent. Best of like, the free agents, right? right. Obviously, he he he's gonna st- he was going to stay on his team. He's not like Jalen Brunson who was looking at other places, but he was gonna be. He was gonna get that max deal. The issue is to me is the no trade clause because now as Washington, you may want to trade him for assets, but 
a first that deal like the the money is getting absurd with the 50 millions and how many people are getting 50 million dollar deals but the no trade clause is now bradley beal can just shut you down and say okay well you know what i'm just gonna keep playing here but if a team only when i like them comes up and wants a trade maybe i'll consider them right it's going to take a lot to break him down to say, okay, please, we need some assets. He he has no loyalty to the team now to say, oh, I'll do good by you and take this deal, right? What like He could because he's played there a long time. KG did it, right? He approved the trade to Brooklyn because Paul Pierce said, hey, this, they're going this direction. He had someone to kind of, you know what I mean? Otherwise, KG would have stayed and that trade wouldn't have gone through. Right. But... Paul Pierce did him a solid. He knew that the direction they were going, this is better for their careers and this is better for the Celtics. This may go the same with Bradley Bill, but the money is just so exorbitant that who's going to want him even if they, even if he says, I want to go somewhere? I didn't want him before. I didn't want him before in his, his $32 million deal. I didn't. I didn't. Mm. And, and I don't know many people who would. And now he just got an even bigger bag. I, I mean, I mean, it's it's insane. Now, Damian Lillard also got his bag. He just the confirmed bag. the biggest bag. What was it? A, a two-year 122? Yeah. I mean, he'll get paid upwards of 60 million. Same thing <laughs> with well, I mean <laughs> in my in my book, in my book, Dame, if he not hurt, is better than Bradley Beal. Mm. Of course. Uh, yeah, I'd pick Dame over Bradley Beal for sure. I'd pick Dame over Bradley Beal any day, right? Yeah. He's he's way better of a playmaker defensively. Kind of about the same. I said Dame's a little bit worse, um, but scoring wise, Damian Lillard. I mean, God, you know it's Dame time, and and yeah, yeah. I know, was gonna say, how many moments have you seen him in the clutch produce? How many moments? And exactly right. And Dame's been doing that for years, right? Portland Trailblazers could never make it over the hump, but they've been in the playoffs consistently, and that's why this past year we were so surprised that you know they did as bad as they did. We know that Damian Lillard is that guy. He is a baller. He's a certified baller. So for that, I'm not mad at that. Portland has doubled down. They got rid of McCollum. They've made some moves. Will they be better off this year? I don't know. However, they said, this is our guy. And and let's talk about it, Max, just quickly, because last year they tanked because of all the injuries, right? McCollum was out at the beginning of the season. Um, right. And Dame then Dame was... And then Dame had the whole hip injury and just they just told him to stay out because they weren't playing for the playoffs anymore. And now in a really quick turnaround, right? You get Jeremy Grant, you re-sign Nurkic, you re-sign pick Gary Payton. Yeah, you pick up Gary Payton, you re-sign Simons to that hundred million dollar deal. Um too much money. And then you and then now you're extending uh Damian Lillard through twenty twenty seven. So you're really playing it how this team is constructed looks like a a playoff team and it it baffles me because they made that trade to trade away Powell and Covington last year to LA and if and for what it seemed like it they were just trying to sell off players because they were tanking but they probably could have tanked with those two players on the team and now you're bringing all these players in and now look at their team if you had Lillard Powell, Covington, Simons, Nurkic, Grant. Oh. That's a playoff team. That's such That's a better nasty. team. That's a way better team. That's a way yeah. better team. That's a playoff team. That makes that trade in high, in retrospect like kind of a bad deal just because kind of, of bad they, deal. they well, picked the should... playoff direction. Well, and also you got Eric Bledsoe. Come on. <laughs> 
He got traded for negative value in New Orleans. You literally lost. Like it's not only did you lose Powell and Covington, a great, a great, a great two way guard, and then a great two way, um, you know, forward defense three and D. Yeah, you got Eric Bledsoe, who is literally like a bag of beans. I would want him eighty miles from my from my franchise. <laughs> anyway, that's just me. Um, and on that, on the Blazers too, though, you overpaid Simons, and you overpaid Nurkic again. Mm. Nurkic, you think you think Nurkic the Simons was an overpay? Uh, twenty five mil. Yeah, I do. I mean, young for guard. somebody who's not who, for somebody who can't operate at the same time as Dame. He was great this year mm-hmm. because Dame wasn't playing. He got his time. He got, yeah, he got, his, his, he got, he got the his green usage. light. Yeah. He got his usage. When we have seen him in games with Dame, he's not bad, but he's not a $25 million player. And that's what I'm saying is if you are if you know that Damian Lillard is the direction you want to go for right now, I would have given him probably a tw- 20 mil at the most, 18, honestly. Yeah. For, for, a th- for probably for like a three-year deal. Four yeah. years is a lot for this guy. And yeah. He's a guard who can't play defense, even though he's relatively like well sized. Uh, in my in my book, that's an overpay. Yeah, no, I I I I, I tend to agree with that. He's got to take on that McCollum role. He's got to got he's got to function. Got to yeah. if he if he has to function with the ball in his hands, it's not going to work out because um, Damian Lillard is just going to be that first option. McCollum gets his spots, and Simons will get his spot. To, to play uh to to be the primary ball handler but if they ever have to stagger the both of them if they ever if, if simon's just kind of doesn't know where to be off the ball and especially when damian lillard uh is the ball handler yeah like like that contract for them for any other team he could but he could he, he could be worth 22 million for sure or what is it 25 million for sure but I don't know because, for, about but this that's, team. That's if you're making him your guy. That's if you're yeah, yeah. So for any yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's your guy, yeah. twenty five million for sure. But this team in the construction, he's got to play within the system, and it's left to be seen if he can play at that McCollum. Level. Can he do it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And so the last thing, the last thing, and we, we've had a big episode. And if you're still here, well, you know, thank you for listening to us. The last thing that I want to talk about, the last bag that was given out, is for the Joker. And if you're the Nuggets. He was your only bright spot. MVP Jokic was your only bright spot in your past whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so him getting the the max extension, don't have a single problem with it. He is a generational basketball player. He is fantastic to watch. He's got the shot. He's got the pass. He's got the IQ. He's slimmed down a lot. He's like in shape now. You can see that he can run for those 40, even some overtime games. It's, it's great to see. Um, how do you view the Nuggets for next year? Uh, 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 uh. So you get Jamal Murray off, like first year off of the ACL it's, injury. Jamal Murray. Okay, so Jamal Murray is okay. Okay, That's right. Like you, awesome. like let let's say he comes. Like okay, hypothetically, let's say Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. They're back first game. But Jamal Murray is going to be this first year off of the ACL injury. Michael Porter Jr. basically a full season, season long injury too, right? With the back. Good lord, man! That guy has got to play to make his bag. Yeah, so he made his bag. This is his first year off of his big injury, season long injury. You got Jokic. Obviously, now he gets paid, right? His fifty six million, I think, was his, um, yes. his AAV roughly. Yep. Aaron Gordon is still there. 
people know people who know me know my thoughts about Aaron Gordon. I do not. Like Shrey was hating this. pre-pod. Shrey was like, I do not Aaron like him Gordon. on this Nuggets team. I think on this Nuggets team, he's basically worthless. On on the Magic, when he got okay. his time and he understood his role, he played great, and that's why people wanted him uh, during the trade deadline. On this Nuggets team, it feels like he's a fish out of water. He has no clue how to play. No, with you, okay, yeah, I know. It's not hard, dude. All he's got to do is cut to the rack. And just, <laughs> he, like, doesn't do <laughs> he doesn't no, do it. He doesn't. No, and he tries. To, and watching Aaron Gordon try to isolate, that's <laughs> that's tough. Well, it's like jumpers. No, yes, and here's actually Whoa. so. The draft, you get three picks. You get Christian Brown, uh, who was definitely a highlight off of what was he on Kansas? Kansas, yeah, 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 definitely a highlight. And you traded, ready? Watch this, Will Barton, who the big crybaby didn't pan out. Okay, Will Barton, it's like you're you're like okay, Will, you're a scorer. We need you to score. He's like, I also forgot how to do that. Will Barton, used <laughs> also, to how, be did good. He, how did he? La- how did he last? La- you know, he, he how did he last like, this long? Yeah. It well, the funny part was. Uh, it felt like him and Fournier were kind of in the same. Like Fournier lasted like eight years in Orlando, and people just forgot about him because he was on a bad team. Same with Will Barton. Will Barton, for some reason, like on a playoff team, he, he you know, do you know he was on the Nuggets for seven years? What? And that like, long? Like it, it took him getting traded for me to be like, oh wow, he's been on that team that long. That's crazy. And just like, like no one noticed him. Wow. <laughs> it's just like no one noticed he was there. Until he well, got you, you you got rid of and you also got rid of Monte Morris, who mm. not that good, not that good. After watching, he's him not for a, a starter. Years, he's definitely not a starter starting point. Oh, guard. absolutely not. He could yeah. give you give you a little spark off the bench, but yeah, what you traded them for? Yeah, KCP certified shooter and de- and great so defensive player ball. and great defensive player, and then Ish Smith, who is. I mean, at his age, is I love him. Than all, so this is actually this is and this is Shreya's comment. He's faster at his age than a lot of current and young players. Uh, and he's he is a firecracker, man. Every time yeah. he gets on the floor, he is like ready to go. He is at 100 at all times when he is on the floor. <laughs> it's amazing. I love I, it. I love it. So, I love it. Well, you upgraded. You, uh, you upgraded from Will Barton, a fraudulent scorer, to a guy who can actually score and play defense. And then you upgraded from Monte Morris, a fraudulent guard who should not have been a start, a fraudulent starter. To mm. a, a guard who's going to give you something off the bench. Mm. I I, st- I still don't know. They health is the big key with this team with the Nuggets. Um, Jokic oh, you also got Bruce Brown too. Oh, great pickup! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free agency wise, for, for beans. Great, great pickup. Um, I love I, I love Bruce Brown. I think he's he's he plays like a center, but he's like six five. He's <laughs> pretty. It's pretty incredible. Um, his tenacity is toughness in the paint uh it all it's all up to murray and porter mpj and uh, and murray have to stay healthy uh for this team to be anywhere near viable if one of them gets hurt it's a it's another regular you know second round nuggets team if both of them are hurt Jokic will take them past the first round but it's a second round nuggets team they all three gotta be up there, they got to be a top four team, and maybe they'll go to the Western Conference Finals again. We but forget how good Jamal Murray is, though. They 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 will forget. Coming off the injury, they will forget how how good he is. But but I agree with you. Health health is the issue. Yeah, and health is the key. Maybe Jamal Murray will make Aaron Gordon better. I don't know. Ah, uh, I mean, tr- I think the only way is trading him. No, trading well, he- Aaron Gordon is the only way he'll be better. 
Shrey, if I had somebody who could jump that high and is like still reasonably athletic, I'm just I just want you to just run. I just want you to cut. I want you to be like the the second option in like a cutting play. It's funny. He was never known as an in-game dunker. People didn't even know he dunked before he did that dunk contest. Like he his in-game dunks were like kind of regular. Then he did his, the dunk contest and it changed yeah. the perception about him. He was known as this like playmaking big man. Like he would average like four or five assists. He was a good playmaker. He was a great passer off the post. Um, and he was a decent scorer. But when all those playmaking capabilities leave him going into the Nuggets and they're all on Jokic, he kind of doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, he's like, I'm not really a great scorer. I don't really get the space to do all these in-game dunks other than transition. It's kind of like he's just there. Like, but he's getting paid ninety million dollars. Like. Like, all, I, right, I all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. All right, man. All right, all right, all right. I get it. All right, straight. You're 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 loud and clear. All right. I don't I don't think of him as lowly as you do, but I see where you're coming from. Goodness gracious. Well, you know, as always, it remains to be seen. But man, was it, it's been an exciting off season so far. I love seeing different players in New Jersey's, and I love kind of looking through the power rankings. Of course, as the season gets closer, we'll give you our picks, our predictions, as we have for the past little while. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So big, hefty episode today, but we had a lot of content to cover, and we will be back at you guys next week. You have been listening to another action-packed episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Nice. We don't fail our promises. Nice, 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 nice,